Okay, so we'll move on to our next topic, and that's Berch HaShach. Uh, Berch HaShach doesn't only include the, um, the brachas that we quote in the Siddur Berch HaShach, but the whole array of different brachas that we recite in the morning. So let's see if we can try to go through uh, some of them. So the Gemara in the end of Masechus Brachos speaks about reciting Al-Natilis Yadayim in the morning. It is unclear exactly you know, why Chazal instituted that bracha. So it was a major machlekes at Rishonim. What the purpose of, of doing Tilsi Yadayim in, in the morning is in the first place. So the Rosh understood that the mitzvah of Tilsi Yadayim is basically hachona for tefillah. And a person in the course of the night, so a person's hands uh, may get dirty, especially in the old days, people didn't sleep with the pajamas, so your hands get to touch different parts of your body. So in order to get ready to daven with the clean hands, so you have to wash those daim. So Chazal instituted with the Rabbanon, a mitzvah of Tilsi Adayim, a Torah According to the Rosh, it's very possible that they instituted for all the tefillahs, not just for Shachras, but uh, at least for Shachras, where that's what we're holding in right now. So the Rashba says, that's not the Pshat. The Rashba says that the Takona of the Tilsi Adayim in the morning was... Because it's like a very chadosha person is a brand new person who wakes up. He had a so he's starting off the day from scratch. It's like Moshe Lamad of Adonim with the Kohanim and the Beis Hamikdash. They walk in the first thing in the morning. They would wash their hands from the kiyor. So Chazal and Masachim, you start your new day of Avodas Hashem. So you wash your hands uh, to begin. So my nafkamin ladina between the Rashi and the Rosh. The big nafkamin. Nafkamin is. Let's say a person washes their hands multiple times in the morning. Which one should require a bracha? So according to the Rosh. It's the it's the Daim right before davening. That's the one that's going to make your hands clean. Better than and that's the one that should require that should warrant the bracha. And according to the Rashbul, it's the first one that you do. The first you wake up, you're bracha dosha. So that's the that's the mitzvah of the rabbanim of uh, like the kohanim and the kiyor. So that should require a bracha. So well, the chora we should try to be I'd say as much as we can. Try to be fulfill both of these opinions. So the chora makes sense that a person shouldn't wash until both conditions are met. So why are you running to go wash your hands first thing in the morning? Wait until you're ready to daven. So you're right for daven. You should go wash your hands. And that way, that'll be the first the tila, that'll be the rash for the tila, and that'll be the rush as the tila. So the reason why people run all of a sudden to go wash their hands is for a different reason, like Amri, because of a uh, concern of Ruach Ra. So the, that already is uh, other, other, kinds of, uh, other kinds of reasons that there's also this idea that a person's hands have some uh, Ruach Ra, you know, when one sleeps. So therefore, one should try to wash the hands as soon as possible. So although the Gemara itself doesn't say that, the Gemara, if anything, may sound even not that way. So the Zohar, other Svarim, speak about the significance of not walking around with the Ruch Again, there's some who follow that, others don't follow that. But because of that concern of Ruch so people tend to rush to go wash their hands uh, as soon as possible. So the Mishnabur says that this practice that we have, people wake up in the morning, they wash the Yadayim right away, and then they get ready, they get dressed, they go out, they go to it's called a time they get around to Davrik, an hour and a half later. So that's, then it runs into a bit of a problem. So which of the Tilsidaibs is the real Tatila? If you hold like the Rosh, so the first Tatila warrants a bracha, like the Rosh, so then the last Tatila is what warrants a bracha. So the Mishnabur says, you get yourself with a little bit of a, of a, a little bit of a, of a pickle as to which of the, which of the Tatilas is the real Tatila. So uh, there's been a suggestion, uh, and Rabbi Willing is very fond of the suggestion, that Bismanazel, we can almost uh, have a cake and eat it. That in the olden days, so there was no way to get rid of Ruch Ra without washing your hands with a cup. There was no running water. So either the Shukhanach wants to put your hands into a bucket of water, that's somehow not going to do the trick. So in order to get the Ruch Ra off, you have to have water that's coming onto your hands. So the only way to do that in the olden days was with a cleave. So once you're washing with a cleave, so then you're, according to Rashi, you're ready, you'd say, now we have a problem. So Rabbi Willig suggests that maybe the best eight is, is that you wake up in the morning, you go over to the sink, you turn on the sink, and you put your hands under the sink three times. So that gets rid of all the ruchmas. The ruchmas is long gone. 
Now there's no reason to wash your hands with a cup. So you should wait to wash your hands with a cup. You're ready to daven. So when you're ready to daven, that's the first atila that will be bein lefiyah rosh, bein lefiyah rosh, and then your mind can recite a bracha. Again, for those who follow that, for those who follow the other poskim, those who make brachas on the first atila, some make brachas on the last, they would have different, different opinions as to uh, what it is. But again, there are basically three reasons that are kind of uh, intermingled here in terms of what this the Tilsidayim and the bracha is all about. Is it, um, is it uh, basically a mitzvah mid is it a beginning of the new day or is it uh, rooted somehow uh, a little bit more than that there are other factors as well so the bracha we assume the bracha goes on the mitzvah you don't make a bracha removing ruchra. you make a bracha on the mitzvah then you have to find to what that mitzvah is the Gemara speaks in the end of Masech's bracha is about reciting another bracha but one wakes up in the morning that's the bracha of Elokha so the bracha of Elokha is a very very tricky bracha because Taisus in a few places points out that it doesn't follow the regular rules of Echaz Brachas, because the Brachas always begin with Baruch. Kala Brachas uh, always start out with the, with the phrase Baruch Hashem, and they have to have a Lekena Melech you have to have a Melech, because the Gemara says in Brachas, we pass it, that Kala Brachas has to have a Shem Umalchas, and Taisus adds on a Brachas, not only does it have to have Malchas, it has to have Melech Oilam. Taisus claims that when you say the word Melech without the word Oilam, there's Nishken Brachas, that's not called Malchas. If you don't identify we are Kaddish Brachas, the king of, so that's not going to be a Malchus Mishle Musa. And the Evan Oza, one of the Echabarim, questions that Toys. That Toys know that, they think that uh, Toys is not right. But everybody agrees we pass in Allah, every Bracha has to start with Baruch, have Hashem, Kainu, Melech, whatever, something has to meet the rules of Brachas. <clears throat> and here we have a Loka and a Shabbat, doesn't sound the way. A Loka and a Shabbat, the Torah, the Torah, the Torah, nothing. <laughs> that's not anything. It starts, it starts in the middle of a sentence. A Loka and a Shabbat, how does that work? So Taisus has a couple of different suggestions. So Taisus claims that the answer is is because Eloka Nisham is not really a bracha. Eloka Nisham is really a tefillah. It's a bakosha. So it, it ends off with Baruch Hashem, but it's not really a halachic bracha. And the rule of kala brachas have to start off with brachas. That means brachas, not tefillahs. And therefore, Eloka Nisham is an exception. The Taisus, the same breath in Arab Pesachim, writes that that's the reason why tefillahs and derech doesn't start off with the brachi. The same pizmin you wrote some mention uh, mention uh, a bracha. So Tai says also Tfilsa Derech is more of a, of a tefillah than it is in terms of uh, than in terms of a bracha. And other Rishayim say that's not the right answer. Other Rishayim say that in Ochinami, that a Taka does start off with a, with a Baruch. We are who, what we are. So the Gemara says in Psochim that that rule that the Brachas have to start off with a Baruch, so that's only when, you, when you're starting a Bracha from scratch. But if, you, if a Bracha is piggybacking on a previous Bracha, so that's what's called the uh, Bracha Sbuchalachavrita. So as long as the previous Bracha had, had a, uh, the word Baruch to it, so then uh, that Baruch is Yaitzei Yishneim. So we do that all the time. Let's say we start Shmanesi with Bracha, then we get to Atagibo, there's no Baruch, Atagibo, all the Brachas don't, have, don't open up with the Baruch. So the reason is because all the other Brachas are just simply Smuchas uh, Lechavrita. That's why also by benching. So we say, Baruch Tashem, we start off with the Baruch. Nod Lecha doesn't start with the Bracha. Rachim doesn't start with the Bracha. Ateva Meitiv starts with the Bracha. So Tesis writes, because Ateva Meitiv is not really part of benching, so it's really a separate entity. It's because since it was added on much later, the original Nuscha Bechzabaz didn't have Ateva Meitiv. That was added in the days after Chum Vayishen, in the days of, of, uh, of Yavna, in the days of Terugim uh, Beitar. So therefore, it's not really... Uh, Shayach to the previous brachas. Therefore, it has to start with the baruch. But the basic rules are: whenever you have a brachas so it's covered. So that's what some Mishnayim say. That's why Lo Kadeshama doesn't begin with baruch because it's a smuchel lechavrta. Promise smuchel to what? To where? Who's a smuchel to exactly? 
So you have different opinions in the Mishan on what tzmucha do. So some Mishan say you have to make it tzmucha. Means you have to make it tzmucha to ashiyotza, make it tzmucha to bechatatayim, make it bechatatayim, something in order to to create that model of a tzmucha lechaperta. And then there's one opinion in the Mishan says no, it's always tzmucha lechaperta. What's it tzmucha to? It's tzmucha to hamapil. Hamapel is the bracha that you say before you go to sleep. It's going on the end of the bracha. So Chazal and these two brachas, Zekenegedzeh. The bracha upon going to sleep is Hamapel, and the bracha upon getting up is Loka Neshama. So that's considered to be Smuchel Lechavita. A few hours in between, but that's Apidin, that's considered to be a Smuchel Lechavita. And then when it comes to Tvil Saderach, you have the exact same Mishaila. That assuming that Taisa is not right, assuming that it is a bracha, it's not a tefillah, so then what is it smucha to exactly? So either you have to, uh, you have to make it smucha, you have to make believe that it's smucha, so you have to find something to be masbechet to. So what are you going to be masbechet to? So either you can be masbechet to alamichim, uh, you can eat something, or you can make it ashiyatsu for you go to the bathroom, or you can say it right after you finish right after before you leave on your trip. So you have to make believe, make, make up some kind of way to make it smucha. So that's what the Shechonar quotes of the Maharam Mirutabrik, that was his practice. That before he would say Tfil Saderach, he would always find another bracha to make it uh, close to as an opportunity. So again, so you have two different approaches in the Rishonim about these two statements. Are these fundamentally brachas, and therefore you have to figure out a finagle why it's Bukhalachavita, or, and if it's not, then you have to make it Bukhalachavita. Or do I say, no, these are not brachas altogether, these are just Tfilas Bialma, and therefore they don't require the regular rules of Bukhalachavita. So, uh, and on the app that I have for, uh, for David, Lech Tchavaderach, so it has, um, when you go to the city, so it breaks down to brachas and tefillos. So it puts tefillos aderech. I forgot which one it said. I think it's in the brachas. I have to take a look, double check. So they were machriya, that it's not a, against the taste, they're machriya, that's a brachas, it's not a, it's not a tefillos. I don't know exactly who they, don't decide who they are, but someone was machriya, that's right. Okay. Anyway, back to this story. <clears throat> so, uh, lokai neshama, is a bracha that primarily speaks about a person waking up in the morning. So there was a big machlaikis in the post game about does a person recite that bracha if he didn't wake up in the morning? Because he didn't go to sleep at night. He was up the whole night. The night, the Mishpah, the whole night. It's for finals the whole night. So does he make a loka neshama or not? So we're not sure what the din is. So therefore, we earn the side of caution. So we uh, we have somebody to be mighty us in a loka neshama. What if you don't have anybody to be mighty you? So the Paskim, many Paskim say that you could be Yaitzay, the Bracha, look at the Shabbat, saying the Bracha, because it's really the same Bracha. And so it's the same theme for Bracha. So just like the Gemara has with Brachas in the first parak, that if you didn't say Bechsa Torah, you could be Yaitzay the Avarab, even though it's not the exact same words, but it's the same theme. So too, if you didn't uh, fulfill Elohim um, Neshamah, you could be Yaitzu with Mechaya Mesim. So that's what the Bosom say. Well, he's brave. If you don't have anyone to say it for you, and you're not sure whether you should say it because you're up all night, so you have in mind, that it should count. Others are not sure that's even true. It's not the same theme. Bechlal. Hamaks and Hashamas of Mesim is basically a bracha about how Kaddish Baruch gives and um, brings out a show back to us every morning. It's not exactly Tchis HaMesim. Mechaya Mesim is a little bit more of a long-term Tchis HaMesim. Hamaks and Hashamas of Mesim is more of just a, a, a nightly occurrence. So it's not exactly the same. So that was a shot in the postgame, whether one really covers the other. So no choice, no choice. You have to rely on, on the Mekil of Misafik, uh, at least Ashkenazim, I think Spider do make it. Uh, if they're up the whole night, I don't remember, but the Ashkenazim generally uh, treat it as a suffix. Some brachas would be Lahokil. 
We have a whole uh, list of other brachas that we recite in the morning. Those are the Gemaras in the end of Masechus Brachas. Where the Gemara rattles off all the different brachas that you make upon different occurrences in the morning. So you hear the roosters, uh, you get dressed, you put in your belt, you put in your shoes, you put in yeah, all the different brachas that we know as Birchas uh, HaShachar. So there was a major machlekes in the Rishonim, how to understand uh, what these brachas are all about. These long, long list of Birchas HaShachar. So the Rabbah writes that, that since the Gemara describes the different events that are recurring, a guy puts on his hat, he makes uh, a a person puts on his belt, so he makes a... Uh, let's make the belt together. What's the guru? See how often I make the bracha and, and put it on my belt. Puts on a shoe, shows the gatarki. So every uh, every bracha corresponds to a specific act in the morning. So the rabbim writes, so that's what chazal them, that you have to recite them when the event occurs. So for whatever reason, you're not wearing a hat. So you don't make the bracha. You're not wearing a belt. You don't, you don't wear shoes. You don't make the bracha. Every every bracha has to correspond exactly to the details of what is being performed. The Rambam says that he heard that there are some there are some shuls, some communities have a very very bizarre practice. The Rambam writes that right before davening starts, so the chazan gets up and he starts rattling off to fifteen brachas one after another. So the Rambam says that's crazy. The Rambam says, "Mamish brach fifteen brachas of The, the rooster is not crowing and the guy's not uh, not doing what he's putting on his shoes. The whole thing is not true. They're supposed to follow what it says in the Gemara to do the brachas at the time that they occur. So other Rishayim disagree with the Rambam. Other Rishayim say, "No, these are brachas on 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 the uh, that uh, the Rebbeim Shem created uh, the fact that people put on hats and shoes and, and, and belts and uh, all the above. So whether or not you personally are doing that, so you can make the bracha no matter what. So that's, of course, what our practice has become, not like the Shizarama. Most of us don't hear the rooster crowing every day, so we don't make the bracha. One of the one of the nicer uh, benefits of being in Beit Meir in the summer, so at least I feel it's not a bracha matola when I usually when I hear the roosters are going uh, loud and loud and clear. Anyway, but uh, normally we don't. We we assume you can make these brachas even even without it. We uh, colloquially call these brachas the the birches hashachar. That's what it says in the on the WhatsApp. It says uh, on, on, on the, on, it says that it's birches uh, hashachar. Is that really true? It's Spanish brachas of shacharis. So that's a big machlekes. There are some who say that these brachas are limited to Zman of Shachars. It's the beginning of Shachars. If a person realizes it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they forgot to make uh, it's too late. And others disagree. Others say that these are not really Tulsa Shachar, not Birchsa Shachar. These are Birchsa Yoim. So um, you can make the bracha the entire day. And then they quote from the, from the Groh, you can even make the bracha into the night, yeah, until Chatzais. Once it's already Chatzais, that's already, you can make, you can make ready tomorrow's Birch Sashach. You wake up three in the morning, you can already say Birch Sashach, even though it's not yet a los, but Birch Sashach, after Chatzais, already considered to be the beginning of the next, uh, the next unit of Tefillah. So the Groh said that if you didn't say one of the Birch Sashach, even uh, it's ready, it's ready six o'clock, so when you have to, have to say, so you could you could recite the Birch Sashach at that point until Chatzais. That's what they used to quote from the Goin, that he held that if you're not wearing shoes that day, he held like the Rambam, so you shouldn't make uh, the bracha on shoes. That's what the Gura and Yom Kippur and Tishabov wouldn't recite that bracha in the morning. He would recite it after Meirev. And when the day was over, so he would recite that uh, that bracha. So again, there are some who say, Bilsa Shachar to be Dafka Bayom, Dafka Bizman Tfilah Shachar, and others say that it goes uh, throughout, uh, throughout the day. Bilsa Shachar, you should try to recite before Dabbing starts. Sometimes it doesn't happen, sometimes you're late, whatever. So it's also okay. But uh, one again, one should try to remember to to say birchas uh, shachar. Some of the birchas shachar don't relate to a specific event, like the brachas of close the gosh or the others of isha. So that the Gemara says the end of brachas that a person is supposed to say those brachas every day. 
and the Gemara does not give a bracha for women uh, to recite. So in the days that we shown him, so it's about this bracha appears it's gone and whatever it was it doesn't appear in the Gemara. The bracha shasanik yitzono. So that was uh, instituted at a later point. There's a general question whenever you have these kinds of brachas that don't appear in the Gemara itself. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? So there, the, there are steamers in, in, in Rishonim about this. There's a rush in one place writes that we have no right to institute new brachas. Whatever brachas were instituted by Chachme Gemara, by so we can't stop making up new Nusach uh, brachas. And others disagree. Others say we have a right to make brachas. If, if, if the Rabbonim in that generation think this is appropriate Tzali bracha, they can be Mesachet a bracha. If it's the Tzarech, it's not considered to be a, a bracha levatola. So the rush in one place seems to accept that idea that we can't make new brachas, another place the rush seems to uh, to accept the notion that we can make new brachas. So one of the new brachas that was made up is Shasadik Yitzono that doesn't appear in the Gemara, or the last of the second to last of the Shachar, Noisan Koach, so that also doesn't uh, appear in the Gemara. This was not a Gemara, they had more strength. We, as people went on, we got more, more tired, doesn't have Koach, extra, extra Koachas. So we have a little bit of steers in Amin Hagim that there are certain brachas that we do recite even though they don't appear in the Gemara. Many people say Brach Shaliyalam doesn't appear in the Gemara. Uh, we, all of us say uh, Noisan Koach doesn't appear in the Gemara. And yet there are other brachas, like the Rush writes that there are certain brachas that were said at the time for Pinjin Aben that don't appear in the Gemara. The Rush says we don't write, we don't say them because they're not in the Gemara. The other brachas that we shy away from saying because they're not in the in the Gemara, like the like the brach of uh, of uh, Bachshem Tarani. So we don't say Bachshem Tarani Mishabah Malchus because we're not really sure that it's a real bracha. It appears it's in the Medrash. It doesn't say it in the Gemara that you make such a such a bracha. So again, it's not 100% clear what our, what our approach is to these brachas that are not uh, from this mana hagemar proper. But the bottom line is we have all these brachas that we, that we recite. Again, the Rabbim did it his way. Most of the African communities do it the other way. So we finish the, the Bechas HaShachar. The next major, um, major part of the tefillah is the saying of Karbonus. So where did this come from? The whole saying of all these different parts of Kabbanos, what is this all about? So there's really a twofold uh, accomplishment in reciting of Kabbanos. So part of it has to do with Tamat and part of it has to do with, with Kabbanos proper. So the, the Gemara says in Masech's Kedushin, the first parak, that a person is supposed to be Mishalish Limuda, he's supposed to divide up his time of learning into three uh, portions. He's supposed to learn Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud. So uh, mikra means uh, Tanakh, and Mishnah means just the halacha psukos, just a straight halacha, this, 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 and, um. and Talmud, that statement Talmud was said before the Talmud Bavli was composed. So there was the early Amoraim said Talmud, so the Rashi and the Ram explained what Talmud means is that analyzing and thinking through, and yes, he kashas, and give me terutzim, and the steve was a Mishnayas, and do we pass like this, pass like that, what's the reason, my taima, my kamifligate, Basically, what we call, I mean, those days they called it Iyam. We would probably call it Bikiyas today, but it means it means learning the Gemara. It means learning Gemara and Rishonim and, and analyzing and thinking and trying to figure out what the nature of the Dinim are and where we apply the Dinim, extrapolating, etc. That's what it is to be Talmud. So the Gemara says it's supposed to be Mishalish Limudo, the Mikra Mishnah of the Talmud. So there was a Machlekis, a Rishonim. What does that mean, Mishalish Talmudo? So the Rambam understood that it means you have to have three equal parts. So any given day, says the Rambam, you have to divide up your hours uh, equally. So the Rambam says, let's say, and the Rambam's talking about a balabas, he writes that a regular balabas learns approximately uh, nine days, uh, nine, no, I'm sorry, nine hours a day. Yes, there are about 12 waking hours a day. The person sleeps, the Rambam writes, day, sleep for like eight hours, you got to nod a little bit, you got to talk to your wife a little bit, you got you to, I don't know, play with your kids a little bit, so other things you have to do. But you have about 12, 12 waking hours, so the Rambam says you should work for three hours. You should learn for nine hours. The Rambam says that's about a babalacha. That's the guy who's going to work. 
Ram doesn't talk about a guy who's, who's learning all day. That's the guy's not learning all day. So he's working three hours and he's uh, learning for nine hours. The Chayyadim writes that, that it was hard in his days, it was hard to find jobs that could support you if you only work for three hours. Chayyadim writes, never, but his days you had to work for five hours already. Okay, so things change. As society progresses, you have to work more and more to make less and less money. So the, so the Ramam describes an average Baal Bosses learning for nine hours a day. So the Ramam writes, how should you divide the day? Three hours by Mikvah, three hours by Mishnah, three hours by Talmud. The only thing is, the Ramam writes that when you get to a point where you're pretty proficient in Mikvah and Mishnah, you, you, know the, you know Tanakh already, you know the Mishnah is already. So then the Ram says you should spend the overwhelming majority of the day in Talmud. And you should just chaz here and there, you know, just just catch up. If you ever catch a little chaz, you know, a little lachim, you know, just just catch up a little bit. You shouldn't forget. But the, at a later stage of learning, you should spend your entire time in Talmud. So uh, that's what some most people feel like they've reached that point already. They already know Mikra Mishnah Kol, so they're they're already in the Rambam's uh, Talmud at the ripe old age of twelve. So that's the that's the Rambam's model. So Taisus quotes that there are other Rishab had a different understanding of Rabbi Tam. The Gemara had a different understanding of the Gemara the Gamri. But the Gemara never meant to say that you have to divide it up equally. The Gemara meant to say is you have to have every single day parts of all three. You shouldn't have a day that goes by. You didn't do a little mikra, a little mishnah, a little gemara. You want to divide up that 95% is gemara, and 5% mishnayis, 2% chumash, 2% mishnayis, do whatever you want. But you have to have every day a little representation from the three different chalakim of Torah. So that's what Rebbein Tam seemed to hold, because Rebbein Tam writes that Bismanazen, nobody sits around to figure out how much mikra, mishnah, and gemara they learned. Because today, says Rebbein Tam, our learning is Talmud Bavli. So Talmud Bavli is a conglomeration. Everything is a child of everything. Any given page of Talmud Bavli. So you have a little bit of Mikvah. It's always quoting a Pasuk. Not so many Pesukim in the first seven Parakim. But it, usually it is a Pasuk from Tanakh somewhere in, uh, in the Andadav. And Mishnah. is always quoting Mishnayis. Back and forth, Mishnah's price. It's always, always quoting things like that. And there's always Talmud. There's always a give and take. From like, uh, you know, what's the reason? But not immediately. There's always some kind of Talmud. That's what we do. That's what Talmud is. So Rabbi Tam says, if you learn Talmud Bavli, you're good to go. So Rabbein Atam didn't mean to say that in any daf and Tamad Bavli is going to be an equal distribution. If the Ramam is right, they need equal distribution. So how in the world does Tamad Bavli uh, solve the problem? So Rabbein Atam obviously held that, that that doesn't need equal distribution. It just means a little bit of representation, not an equal representation, but some representation from each one of the Chalakim of Torah every single day. That's assuming that the guy looks up the psukim. See, and today, people got very, very lazy because they put the psukim on the side of the Gemara. So nobody has to even bother uh, getting up to look for the psukim. So sometimes they'll glance at the psukim at the side, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. The problem is that the olden days, old, until, until 10 years ago, when they, before they started printing the psukim, so if you were honest and you went to look it up, so it forced you to open up you know, when Novi Amos, you, otherwise you didn't know Amos existed, it forced you to open up at the very home. You never heard of the very home. So it forced you, and then you can't just read that Pesach. You have no idea what the context is. So you had to read three, four Pesachim before, three Pesachim afterwards. So if you looked at a Radak, you looked at a Rashid, so at least you got a flavor. So if you, if you, if you learn enough, so you'll get a little bit of a flavor of, uh, of Tarach. Whereas Bismarck you don't even get that. Bismarck that you quickly glance at the Pesach, Bikoshi, you, you, you pronounce the words right, if, you, if you're lucky. And that's it. You have no idea what the is talking about. It's, it's a Pesach you talk to in the middle of Yishayol. If it's, if it's not the good luck to be a Haftarah, you have no clue what it's talking about. And you don't never go while going further. So that's not learning Mikra. So that's the joke. But Rebetatam means, means that you're looking up the Pesach, you're learning a little bit. So you have a little bit, a little bit for the rest of what's going on. Oh, whatever. Not talking about the place. So the Taisus quotes from the Gaonim that they understood closer to Rebetatam 
the Tam's model, that the Gaonim also thought that, not like the Rambam, not that you have to learn equal distribution every day, you have to have a representation of the three Chalachim of Torah, but the Gaonim didn't want to rely on people learning Talmud Bafli, not everyone's learning Dafyami. So the Gaonim said, we're going to make a, as part of Davening, we're going to incorporate into Davening that you're going to be yet to all the Chalachim of Torah. And therefore the Gaonim said, We'll make everybody learn a little bit of Chumash every day. Everyone a little Mishnahis every day. Everyone a little Gemara every day. And shun. So that's exactly what they did. So they said, you say, Yivarach Shem Shemach, you say, Pesach Ben Bechis Kalanim. Then you say a few more Pesach Pashat Atomim, Pashat Tevis. You have a little bit of a flavor of Chumash every day. Then you have some Mishnahis, Ezebu Chaymen, or Eil Tvam Shem Shuvah, Bebech Sadorah. She say a paragraph of Mishnahis. Then the Bryce of Rishma Weimer, that's a Bryce. That's like the Talmud. That counts a little bit as Talmud. So that's good enough. So the Gaonim and Rabbi Nitam. We're seeing eye to eye in terms of not holding like the Rambam, but they had different answers how to do it. Rabbi Tam said, just learn Gemara and you'll be okay. And the Gaonim said, there are people who don't learn Gemara. So at least everyone who doesn't come to Shul, who doesn't have a Shacharis, so if you have a Shacharis, you know that you're going to be good to go. So that's one of the reasons, Tysus writes, why we say all these Pesukim, all these Kabbalists, and all this stuff before Davening actually starts, in order to fulfill the idea of Tamatayr, of Shlish Bermikra, Shlish Bermikra, Shlish Bermikra, Shlish Bermikra, so why did we pick Dafka Kabbalas? We could have picked uh, a bunch of learning Pekka Bamatsi every day. So what, what's Pekka Kabbalas? So there was a dual reason, or the second reason. That's the Gemara, the Yad Masechus Benachis, where the Gemara says, that if a person lives with Zman Sheibes Mikdash Kayyab, they can't bring an Eil Chatas or a Toda. So they learned the Dinim. You learned the Dinim of the Kabbalas. It's a Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's Malik, Ilui, Kraft, and Eil. So you get, you get two cubes for the price of one. I want to learn a little something every day anyway. So why should I learn Moed and Nash Raziken? I'll learn a little bit of Kachim every day. So that will also get that extra Kiyam of, uh, of learning Kabbalas. How serious is that Kiyam of learning Kabbalas? How important is that, uh, is that Kiyam? So this is a, a little bit of a question. So there's a, a fascinating comment of, um, of Rabbi Yona in Masechus Brachis, where he suggests that the saying of Kabbalas is maybe Shavad Ereisa. It's a very, very serious thing. It's not just Tamaps, uh, a nice, cute thing that the guy added on, but there's more to it than meets the eye. So, to remind me next, we'll go pick up with that Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu has a word that the same of every day is much, much more uh, significant than just uh, to hop around a couple of sukkim, but just to uh, learn a little bit of uh, Vayikra every day. But there's a much, much greater key, and even a level of the rice of the same of every day. So, next week, we'll pick up with this. Okay.